What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, writing this from the perspective of 30 years as a vegan, that it gets easier and effortless over time. It becomes second nature, just a part of who you are. And it really doesn't take 30 years to get there. You just got to go through the transition process. And every year it's easier and easier and easier. So it's worth it and you're worth it to make the transition to go vegan. Hey, it's Monique, and this is episode 80 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with the vegan lifestyle and also bring on guests to share their experiences. Come hang out with me on social media. I'm Brown Vegan everywhere, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I have Tracy and Mary McWhorter. You probably already know Tracy from her book, By Any Greens Necessary. She is actually returning to the show. She was on episode 34. And she's going to talk today about being on this vegan journey for over 30 years. And her mom is going to share her vegan story as well. I'm so excited to have them on here because I feel like there's not a lot of people who have been on this lifestyle for more than 30 years. And I think it's just so important to show that this is truly something that you can do long term because I feel like sometimes... People will do a challenge and then they don't go back. They'll go back to eating a standard American diet. You know, they'll do it like a Daniel fast or they'll do like a a 14 day challenge and then they don't keep it up. So I think it's important to show that this is something that you can do and that you can do it consistently and you can thrive and love it. Okay, so Tracy's mom went vegan at 50 years old. And I love that part of her story because I know sometimes people feel like maybe They can't make changes later in life. And so she was able to do it and she's going to share how and why. We also chat about her overeating and her sugar addiction, which is so real and so relatable. I'm glad she shared that part of it. And we dive into Tracy's new book, Ageless Vegan, why she decided to write this book with her mom. I have a lot of guests that come on the show who have books, right? But this one feels so personal to me because I was one of Tracy's recipe testers when she was working on this project. I was able to test about 10 of the recipes. There are like 100 of them (laughs) in her book. So it was so dope to be a part of this project with her and her mom. So yeah, they're going to share all of those goodies, tips on how to make this transition as easy as possible for you. Just some inspiration on getting started no matter where you are in your life. And so, yeah, before we jump into the conversation, I do want to mention that this is the first time that I've had uh, two guests on the show at the same time. So we had some tech issues and we spent a great deal of time trying to figure out how to make this work. And so um, there's going to be parts of the conversation that are a little spotty. Just wanted to give you a heads up on it. It does clear up and sometimes it goes in and out. But just to let you know that that is... um, Something that you can expect with this episode, but the content is so helpful and it's so good and I'm super excited to have them. 
be sure to pick up the new book, which is called Ageless Vegan. I'll make sure that I have a link for you at brownvegan.com or you can get it on Amazon, your local bookstore, request it at your local bookstore if you can. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Well, I, you know, heard this lecture by Dick Gregory during my sophomore year in college, encouraging uh, black folks to go vegetarian. So I uh, started on that road and I was talking to my mom and one of my sisters about it. And my mother was already health conscious. So, you know, it was kind of natural for her to just be interested in, in what Dick Gregory had said, what I was relaying to her, um, because she was already, you know, really... I think for that time period in the 60s and the 70s, uh, pretty health conscious. So it, I don't think it was a big stretch, right, Mom? Right. It wasn't a big stretch for me because I've, I've already done a lot uh, in order to uh, get healthier, to stay healthier. What do you think was going on that made you were like, OK, let me um, start to eat better and take better care of myself before Tracy even came to you with the idea of veganism? Well, growing up, we, uh, I grew up on a farm and we ate lots of fruits and vegetables because we grew our own. And once I graduated from high school, I moved to uh, D.C. to live with my oldest sister. And uh, she had a garden in her backyard that grew vegetables. And uh, I was eating a lot of vegetables. But I started to eat more meat with her because she cooked more meat than our parents did. And at the time, uh, I started developing some chest pains mm-hmm. and went to the doctor and he said I was eating too much fried food and said that I should cut down the fried food. Of course, I did it for a little while and gradually I started eating more. Once I uh, got married and uh, was pregnant, I wanted to have a healthy child, so I started reading more books on how to raise and how to have a healthy pregnancy. And uh, Dr. Spock's book came out during that time. So I read uh, his book and got some information on how to raise a healthy child. And I also continued that with uh, Maria and Tracy. Yeah, but once I uh, started working at my job, they had uh, pastry, free pastry. So every, so every day, every day I would eat a pastry and uh, they had uh, apple turnovers, which was my favorite. And I gained about 10, 10 pounds and uh, found that I was overeating. I worked for the, I was one of the first hired at this white law firm and it was a racist law firm. Mm. I had started um, eating, overeating to, to uh, deal with the stress that I was having at work. And also I was separated and trying to raise three children at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I found out one day I baked a German chocolate cake and I ate this cake in two days by myself. Because <laughs> the children didn't like the cake. <laughs> so, my uh, sister, and she had... She was going to Overeaters Anonymous, so I decided to go with her. And at that time, I realized that I was overeating to compensate uh, for the stress that I was having. So with Overeaters Anonymous, I was able to give up sugar and stop eating. And um, so that was my first step on 
my journey to eat healthier. And uh, I read um, an article about pork contributing, pork and uh, processed food contributing to cancer. So I gave up the uh, pork and the uh, processed meat. One of my brothers died of a heart attack. He was in his 50s. Mm. And also a couple of cousins died of a heart attack. I was 47 at the time. I had I read then that red meat contributed to uh, heart attack. So I stopped eating red meat. And so I guess about this time, Tracy came home and she was talking about Dick Gregory and what he had said about um, uh, the state of Black Americans' uh, eating habits. So when she started reading books about being a vegan, I read the same books, but I was still eating chicken. And I was listening, <laughs> looking at a, a document on a PBS, and they were telling about how the chickens were processed. They would cut off the decayed part of the chicken, and they would uh, package the rest and sell it. Yeah. So I had chicken in my freezer, so I immediately went and threw all the chicken out. And But I was still eating fish. Cheese. Cheese. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard part. Right. <laughs> yes. And uh, But I gave up fish after Tracy convinced me that fish was not healthy, but I was still eating cheese. I've given up all the other dairy, but I was still eating cheese, so I had gone to my doctor and told him that I was had given up all everything but cheese, and he was saying that cheese had the most fat and uh, cholesterol content per ounce. That I, if I were going to be a vegan, I should have given up cheese first. So I did give up cheese, but it took a while. It wasn't as hard as I thought because once I gave up sugar, that was the hardest thing for me. Then I felt like I could, I could. Uh, give up the rest. Yes, I was going to ask you about the sugar. <laughs> because you know what sugar makes me Oh my gosh, that's something I've always battled with. I feel like that is harder than dairy to me, the sugar, okay? Yeah, so you have to give us some tips because I feel like there's so much we can talk about as far as like the emotional eating, the sugar, the dairy, but let's get into the sugar. What did you do to transition away from eating a lot of the processed sugar that most of us enjoy? Well, like as I, as I said, I was going to Overeaters Anonymous. And with them, I was able to realize the reason why I was eating. And once I realized that, then I had to think of some other way to relieve the stress that I was under. Mm-hmm. I had a partner who was going to the Overeaters Anonymous. I mean, I shouldn't say a partner, a support person going to Overeaters Anonymous with me. By that time, there was a, um, a program near my office. So I went on my lunch hour as another person was in the program that was also going on the lunch hour. And uh, what happened was when I felt the urge to eat something sweet, I would call her and we would talk about the reason why that I was eating. So through that, I was able to to uh, give it up. But I was, <laughs> the thing about it was that 10 years later, I thought I had it conquered. 
But I started eating pastries again. I found out I was back on the same road. I was overeating, overeating. I was so bad that I would go by the bakery and just to smell the aroma. (laughs) (laughs) Take you out. (laughs) So, but I, you know, thinking about what happened before, I I was able eventually to give it up completely. Yes. It was maybe a more mind over matter, I think. I knew it was not good for me. It was not healthy. I was uh, relying on, on the sugar mm-hmm. to compensate for everything. And once I made up my mind, I was able to overcome it. Yeah, so it's like you decided that this yeah. is not for you and then you moved on from it. I like, right. I didn't realize that Overeaters Anonymous kind of has like a a sponsor kind of thing, like AA, where you actually call someone to kind of work through your issues. I didn't realize it was set up like that. At, at the program that I was in, that they gave you, you had a support person mm-hmm. that you could tell. You, within that group, you decided among yourself and you wanted to have somebody to support you. Right. And so yeah. just talking through your issues, because, I mean, yeah. the food is just because it was kind of like you're coping. You know, you said right. you were working for a race, a racist law firm. You're raising your children, just stress of life, because I can relate to this as far as overeating. That's why I, I think this is a great topic. Um, and I'm sure mm-hmm. so many other people can relate to that. It's just like we it's kind of like our drug of choice. You right, know, instead right. of drinking, food, we eat. <laughs> so, food, food, sugar was my. Of course, I was overeating on other things, but the sugar was the main thing because it was so addictive, mm-hmm. and the sugar was in almost everything that you ate. Yes. So, what about the dairy? When it was time for you to transition away from that, uh, was that? Is I know sugar was more difficult, but what did you do to transition away from dairy? Because I know that's a big concern for a lot of people. Well, it was only the cheese that that bothered me. I mean, I had no problem with with milk because I wasn't all that crazy about milk, mm-hmm. you know. And, and the and I never oh well ice cream certain types of ice cream, but there was substitutes for there. It was just the cheese. I love cheese. Mm-hmm. Did you do any substitutes for the cheese, or did you just kind of get used to not eating it? I got used to not eating cheese because I did not like the substitutes that they had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were awful. Because <laughs> you, because <laughs> you've been a vegan. <laughs> How long have you been a vegan again? Thirty years. Yes. Okay. Thirty. <laughs> so yes. I'm not 81, so I was to 50, you know, at the time. Okay. Because I feel like the vegan cheese just became good in the last few years. Do y'all agree? <laughs> yeah. And, yes. and I, I hardly ever eat cheese uh, substitute cheese now. Anyway, yeah, yeah, very seldom. Yeah, you're just so used Mm -hmm. to, you know, not even having it at this point or it being awful that it didn't even matter. (laughs) (laughs) So what tips do you have? What tips do you have for someone who is not 20 years old trying to be vegan, but um, maybe someone over their 40s or 50s who's thinking about making the transition, but they're just a little nervous about what this will look like for them because they're so used to eating whatever they want. Uh, what advice do you have for someone who wants to be vegan later in life? Well, I just want them, first they have to decide that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the big thing. You have, to just, you have to be sure. You have to know that what you want to do. 
And I think once you decide, then it wouldn't be hard. Because some people say they want to do it, they want to do it, but they really haven't decided that that's what they want to do. That is their mission. I mean, people already, you already eat food and vegetables. So people don't think that when they're eating fruit and vegetables, as long as they're eating meat, they don't think about it. It's not, you're not giving up any, any fruit and vegetables. You're just adding more fruit and vegetables. You, and don't think that you're giving up, just think that you're adding. And that is, is so the, true. That is so true. Because yeah. there's so many fruits and vegetables we can eat that we don't yeah. eat now. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And there's so many ways to cook things to make them taste good, you know. Mm-hmm. You can use the same seasoning that you use in meat to season the other food. And that and the seasoning in the meat is what makes meat taste good. Because yeah. you just don't go and take a piece of meat and, and put it in a pan and eat it. You put some seasoning herbs on it to make it taste good. And you can make anything taste good. Yes, you can. Yep. That is so true. And it, it takes a little bit of time to get used to not like having meat on your plate. But once you figure out like how to, like you said, season your food and make it good, then you won't even miss it. Speaking of food, let's talk about the cookbook, the new cookbook that you and Tracy have together, Ageless Vegan. So Tracy, what made you decide? Because of course you have by any means, any means necessary. And I remember like years ago when I first met you, I was like, so when are you doing another book? And you were kind of like... I don't need another book. <laughs> like, it was kind of like you went back and forth. You're like, yeah, I'll do a book. And then you're like, no, not really. So what made you decide to do a second book and not only do a second book, but do it with your mom this time around? In the beginning, you know, I was always talking about um, by any greens necessary, doing a lot of talks and touring and stuff. So that was a good, I would say, three plus years, you know, with this with that book and still going strong. But I just, you know, I knew that I wanted to write another book because I'm a writer at heart. So there are going to be more books. So figure, yay. So figuring out what that next one would be was a process. So I had two other topics that I had thought about before this book. And, uh, you know, I kind of fielded them, talked to my agent about them. She was like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. What, what other ideas do you have? And at the time, I was coming up on my 30th vegan anniversary. And so I thought, well, why not write a book about that? Because people, there are not a lot of books written about that. Um, most people are probably writing books from, you know, a perspective of five or 10 years in. Then I decided, well, it's my mom's 30th vegan anniversary. It's one of my sister's vegan uh, 30th vegan anniversary. Also, uh, my sister Maria and my sister Maria and I have been doing vegan things together for uh, 15 to 20 years. So I thought, why not ask my mom and have an 80 year old perspective out there, you know? And, And so I thought that would be fantastic. 30-year vegan, 80 years old, uh, black woman. Yes. When do you hear? When do you hear that perspective? You don't. And so yeah. You don't at all. And so I thought this this for me would be fabulous. And calling it ageless vegan, um, you know, reflects my mother's age, reflects my age, and just the fact that the food can be age defying. So that's kind of how I came up with the idea of the book. Yes. So then when you started working on it together, how did that process look as far as like coming up with the recipes? 
It was a lot of fun. I mean, first of all, I was grateful that my mother wanted to do it with me because, you know, she's been retired for 20 years plus. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I wanted her to travel to do the book tour with me. And so I'm grateful that she was open for this adventure. And um, in terms of in terms of writing the her story, I definitely wanted to have a chapter mm-hmm. about her in there. And so I interviewed her over the course of a number of days. With this interview, I found out, so she has her own chapter about her transition stories, you know, some of which she just talked about, but I found out a lot about her vegan journey that I didn't know because I was in my 20s going through my thing and back in college while she was doing her transition, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was really really fun to, to interview her and learn about that and then you know, we were making a lot of the recipes in her kitchen, listening to Motown on the weekends. And my sister, one of my sisters, Maria, who I mentioned, and my niece, Mara, would take, would come and taste, and we would eat, and we would tweak. You uh, were one of our recipe testers, Yay. for which I am grateful. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's no joke coming yeah. up with 100 recipes and, and uh, working with people to, to help develop them and getting recipe testers and it's a serious my, my hat is off to chefs yes you know? when you when we were doing this i was like i mean i'm technically on the outside looking in and we're sitting at your your dining room table and i'm like oh this is a lot <laughs> and all i had to do was test the recipes i was like this is a lot <laughs> that you have to do it's no joke it's really it's i mean if you're doing it right you know you want to make sure that you test every single recipe you taste every recipe even if you have people you know helping develop them helping tweak them uh and and you know and that would and it's great to collaborate but yeah. you have to you have to test it and you have to make sure it's going to work for other people exactly as it does for you and um so yeah uh, you know, I had a form for y'all to fill out. Um, I think I had 10 plus recipe testers. Um, we were we were working on those recipes up until the deadline. I remember. Uh, I remember you. Were, I, I was like, Tracy, you're done. You, I text you and you were like, um, I just finished. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How are you just finishing? Yeah. And so I, I think yeah. part of it, too, is that they're whole food recipes, right? So there's no there's no white sugar. There's no white flour, no white pasta. You know, it's it's um, so it's a pretty healthy cookbook. And so we want it because this is how we eat. So we it was really, really important to get that right, because I would say 95 percent plus of the vegan cookbooks out here, while they are fabulous, uh, uh, most of those you know, include white flour products um, and sugar, brown sugar, white sugar, just foods that we don't eat. And so I wanted it to really reflect what we eat and be creative and, you know, just exciting. Tell us what are some of your favorite recipes from the book? Anything that stands out? Mom, you go first. (laughs) I go to the dessert first. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) <laughs> the, 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 the pecan pie. Pecan pie, that, yeah. That, yeah. That, we, that we develop. Oh gosh, it's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> what do you use and to sweeten we, it? We use uh, uh, maple syrup. Maple syrup. And yeah. uh, um, a syrup. Um, brown uh, rice syrup? We use oh, maple syrup and brown rice syrup. Brown rice yeah. syrup. But so we natural, use, more natural. 
sweeteners. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, the brown rice serve is optional if you want it less sweet. Because I just baked it uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't use the brown rice serve. I just used the maple syrup from Travelers. Okay. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Especially because it's easier to get to the maple syrup than it is, you know, the natural maple syrup than it is to get to the, the brown um, rice syrup. So mm -hmm. that's good to know. Tracy, what yeah. about you? What did you What did you really like from the book? Uh, well, that one definitely. <laughs> um, but I think that in terms of meals, um, oh gosh, so many. But one of my favorites is the vegetable pot pie. Now, um, I love vegetable pot pie as a child, and that was one of the only ways that my mother could really get me to eat vegetables without a fight. So I really wanted to have a recipe. It, you know, a vegetable pot pie recipe in this book, and but to do it healthfully. Mm -hmm. And this recipe is divine. Oh my gosh, it's so good. So <laughs> vegetable pot pie. I know it sounds crazy that we're, you know, tooting our own recipes. No, but, it's but not crazy. They're good. No. <laughs> and you know what? I think so the pot pie, you loved that as a kid because of the crust. Because that's what I remember loving is the crust when I was a kid. The crust and the cream. And so we, yes. Use, yeah, so we definitely have two whole grain crusts and we have, we use coconut, uh, coconut milk mm. at, for the cream yes. and frozen vegetables. So it's really easy to make. Um, it's, it's, and um, we use store bought whole grain crust. So mm -hmm. it's really simple and just rich and creamy and healthy divine. That's definitely one of them. And then uh, just in terms of vegetables, one of my favorite, I have two. Um, one is the balsamic Brussels sprouts that are that are oven roasted mm -hmm. and uh, string beans with shiitake mushrooms and almonds. Mm. Really, really good. That reminds me of Thanksgiving for some reason. Yeah, definitely. One of my uh, favorite is the uh, roasted uh, root vegetables. Mm. So yeah, it's like a little olive oil and seasoning? Yes. Mm. Yes, and herbs. That sounds and you, good. And you can use any root vegetable, sweet potato, beets, beets, mm -hmm. any, any root vegetable, any combination of all, all of the above, and different herbs and onions and garlic. Mm. And it's just so good and it's easy too that's like so yeah, easy to make even if you're not somebody who who likes to cook it's just like chopping it up tossing it and put it in the oven you know <laughs> very very good yeah i know you have a chapter on superfoods tell us what inspired you to do that chapter i really wanted to talk about ingredients common ingredients that people might already have like carrots and blueberries and um, rosemary, different types of herbs um, that people probably are already cooking with but don't realize that they can help them prevent um, common diseases that we associate with aging but are actually diet related. So we have a whole chapter, we talk about 22 superfoods that are common and that we include throughout the 100 recipes in the book. Ooh, that's good, that's really, really good. Tell us where we can buy the book well, the book is available everywhere books are sold, so look for it, ask for it online and in the stores. And just go to ByAnyGreensNecessary.com under events, and you will see the entire calendar for the next several months. So I hope y'all come out because we really want to meet you and talk, uh, talk to you and just be inspired by you and hopefully, you know, give you a little inspiration on your journey. Yes. Did you ladies want to give any, like, last minute or final tips on how to transition to vegan life or anything you want to share before we wrap up? 
Mom, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go first. Okay. Okay. I basically want people to know that, you know, writing this from the perspective of 30 years as a vegan, that it gets easier and effortless over time. It becomes second nature, just a part of who you are. And it really doesn't take 30 years to get there. You just got to go through the transition process. And every year is easier and easier and easier. So it's worth it and you're worth it to make the transition to go vegan. Yes. And I just want people to 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 know that they can eat healthy and, and then the food tastes good. And you don't have to worry about being not satisfied in what you were eating. And good luck with your journey. Yes. Thank you so much, ladies, for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us, Monique. Thank you. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week.